Episode 186 of the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. I'm Rugby Reg, and it is Rugby World Cup week, the biggest time of the uh, four years of rugby cycle. We're loving it. And to celebrate, we've got two of the big names on the show tonight. Matt Rowley, welcome aboard, Matt. How are you? I'm good, mate. It's good to be here, especially this night of the, the spill happening in Canberra. <laughs> Everything's um, happening. Everything. Yeah. We're, we're used to leadership changes on this podcast, though. We change it around for years. <laughs> Almost weekly. Pretty regularly. It is. <laughs> and here he is, ready to give us a challenge. Will McDougall, welcome. Will, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, great to be here. Uh, now, I said to you guys off air before, particularly excited as someone who hasn't had Fox Rugby, uh, Foxtel before, is it's just started their 24-hour rugby channel, uh, which is pretty damn special at the moment. They're obviously starting chronologically all about the Rugby World Cup, started in 1987 at the moment. It's that uh, that fantastic all-black team that just sort of swooped the pool back then. Uh, a lot of uh, Adidas three-stripe wallaby jerseys Ooh. and mullet, mullet hairstyles, nice flat hairstyles. Uh, oh, yeah. Terry Wright moustaches. Uh, so some great games there, but also some great documentaries uh, Fox Sports have got there too. So if you've got Fox, it's well worth uh, 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 taking the time and going through the program and checking it all out. Too much rugby is never enough, as we know. It's awesome. I'm just working out my sick leave now. <laughs> so it's all about the start. I think it's five days. Will, you were saying before, uh, first game is England-Fiji. And, and it's really just, you know, we've been building up for it so long. It's, it's amazing that it's finally going to start. We're going to go through and just look at the pools and I guess look at the games that matter this week coming up. Mate, Matt, the pool of death. Yes. On, a, on, a, on a night like this where there's a bit of death and blood in the pools <laughs> down in Canberra, what's happening this week with the Pool of Death? I talked about England-Fiji. That's the first game, obviously. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, this week we've got two games in that Pool of Death. We've got England-Fiji, um, and so that's uh, yeah, coming up on... Oh, I'm just trying to find my note. Friday um, is when that's going to be playing. I think it's 5 in the morning. Yeah, 5 uh, o'clock Saturday morning, Saturday morning yeah, Sydney yeah. time. Indeed, and then we've got uh, Wales Uruguay uh, on uh, on Sunday, and actually, have you guys got the Aussie time on that one in front of you? I'm looking yeah, at it. 11:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, there you go. Um, so yeah, they're they're the only two rumbles in the pool of death. But look, anyone who's going to be playing Fiji, that's going to be an interesting one to to watch. You would think that England's game, as forward dominated as it will be, will really strangle the life out of Fiji, but I think we all know who we'll be cheering for there. Uh, see if they can put a dent in it and give us a first look at a team like England where I think a lot of the bookies have got them just behind the All Blacks, um, uh, to, to, you know, as, you know, positioning in the, in the cup. I've been talking to some people who've been over in um, England recently and apparently the, uh, the, uh, the self-confidence is just overflowing. Mate, did um, you see their launch, their team launch? No. It, it was astronomical. It was like the Oscars. It right. was a packed crowd. The AV spectacular, fireworks, internal fireworks and the whole lot. It was like that one. No, it was like the knighting ceremony. It was unbelievable. And this was just on the team launch. Oh, mate. It'd been, well, it's, it, it sounds like, you know, there's two pieces of evidence um, that they've just got well ahead of themselves. So, well, it would be nice to see if, if Fijians can maybe put a bit of a dent in them. Uh, you know, come come Friday. It is an interesting one, though. It's a lot of 
banter on the on the forum about this one is is how each team will play it. Um, obviously, England have got a fair break in between until their next game when they play Wales. But you know, opening game of the tournament, they'd be expected to play their full strength team. And and Fiji, you'd think at their first game they'll be doing the same. It should be a, a cracking lineup. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine against Fiji, no one's gonna, well, no one's going to be taking that Fiji game lightly. Um, it is, you know, it's it's the banana skin that no one wants to kind of slip up on. And so, yeah, I would imagine the Poms will come out. And well, if it was me, I'd just be looking to strangle the, the Fijians as much as possible um, around the set piece. And we'll see if the um, we'll see if the Poms can do it. Yeah, and then that Wales Uruguay game. Not much on this one, is there? I guess we might see he's got to play nine for Wales with uh, given injuries. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, I think it'll be hard to tell, um, you know, t- to take much out of that one. I, w- I would have thought. Um, I guess maybe the Gatlin will be playing around with a few little combinations here and there with a couple of key injuries uh, to the squad. But um, yeah, I, I would think this one's kind of ranks up there as kind of World Cup filler. Yeah. All right, mate. Will, what about you? Pool B, what's happening over there? Well, the first game is um, is uh, Saturday UK time, um, and uh, I think 1.45 a.m. Uh, sort of Australian Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, um, South Africa-Japan uh, is the first match. So, look, you've, South Africa are red-hot favourites in this pool, and it's, it's definitely the weakest pool on offer. So you wouldn't expect them to have any trouble with Japan, but... Um, then uh, the following day is a, an interesting game. Samoa against the United States, which is a, a replay of the... Uh, they played earlier this year in the Pacific Nations Cup, which Samoa won. But um, I'm not convinced Samoa are as, as good as they have been in the last few years. I yeah. think they've sort of gone back a couple of pegs. And uh, the US, well, they played pretty well against us in the first half and uh, have been improving a lot. So I really think this pool's sort of wide open for second place between uh, Samoa, USA and Scotland. So... Anyone's anyone's uh, tournament and sort of pool to progress there, I think. Yeah, I agree. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Having seen, I guess, the Wallabies' most recent opponent, that US, and and the physicality being a big part of their game, and whether they can maintain that against Samoa, they obviously fell off in the second half. This is up, but yeah, there's, you know, you think there'd be a fair chance. I, I 100% agree with you in terms of Samoa. They they're not what they were uh, at you know, the height of their World Cups. But I guess a lot of these Pacific Islanders do tend to peak World Cup year when they, I guess, it's one of the few times they get all their stars back uh, together. So it'll be interesting to see how they go there. Matt, Brighton Community Stadium. Any experience, mate? That's where these two games are being played. Any insight? (laughs) Mate, no, I can't say I've uh, seen any rugby there uh, in my time. But look, I was just having a look at that. You were saying, uh, you know, Will, around, um, you know, and, you know, that's kind of like anybody's. I guess you know there'd be some Scots who'd probably feel their nose out of joint there slightly. What in, in the world rankings they're coming at ten. Uh, you got Samoa at twelve, and you got the USA at fifteen. I mean, it's, it's not a bad grouping there, is it? But um, I guess if if you're Scottish, you'd hope you have your nose ahead. You'd hope so, and uh, I guess having the surname McDougall uh, <laughs> certainly uh, would cheer for the Scots when they're when Australia's not playing. So um, I'm certainly hoping they progress. So. And look, I think, and it's 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 never it's never easy to get optimistic about Scottish rugby, but um, it's been so disappointing for quite a few years. But um, I don't know; it felt like they were playing sort of a bit better in the in the warm up games for the cup. So, look, if they can keep their best players on the park and uh, pull it together there, hopefully they'll uh, make it through to the uh, knockout rounds. Yeah. Okay. Interesting stuff. Um, 
All right, I'm going to have a look at Pool C, and the first game we have there is uh, on Saturday night. This is sort of Eastern Coast Aussie time. Uh, Saturday night, 9pm, is Tonga versus Georgia. So, you know, somewhat battle of a minnow. So this is one of those pools where you've got New Zealand as the standout, and it's who's going to come second, clearly. Um, now, Tonga, uh, if you remember back to 2.11, had that great win over... And this is just Tonga, isn't it? They, a great win over France, um, who went on and obviously played the All Blacks in the grand final, but lost to Canada, you know? So uh, this will be... You'd expect them to get over Georgia. Tonga, are, I think they're around 11th in the world, so they're above Samoa and the USA, as you're talking about, Will. Uh, Georgia are probably a, a bit below that. I think they're sort of closer to 20, maybe 16, 17. So uh, Georgia's always had that big, tough forward pack. It's what happens outside those, and the, the Tongans probably should have this. It's at uh, King's Home uh, Stadium, I think, in Gloucester. So, uh, interesting matchup, but that should be Tong all the way. Not much more we can take out of that. The next one's it's probably the, the game of the pool, at least, straight away, is on Monday morning. So, we're talking about 1.45 in the morning from Wembley Stadium, where the All Blacks take on Argentina. Um, the Argies, you know, I reckon they're a good shot at this tournament as a whole, and I guess, you know, we'll focus on this week, but just the way these pools map out and with this uh, fairly easy, um, you know, progression in, in this pool, Pool C, uh, you know, whether they win this match, it'll be obviously, you know, the All Blacks will be strong favourites having beaten Argentina earlier this year in the Rugby Championship. I think that was in Christchurch fairly easily, 15, 20 points in the end. Um, but Argentina have, have improved a hell of a lot this last couple of years, and they're, I reckon they're a team with... Uh, oh, jeez, I, I want to say on the improve, but their last few World Cups have been bloody impressive, and in fact, uh, was it at the last World Cup in the Northern Hemisphere? They um, surprised many by making the, the semi-finals as well. So, look, the All Blacks should win that, but it'll be a nice, tough, hard encounter for them. Um, but after that, things might get a bit easy for the All Blacks, and... and Sometimes that's been their undoing in the past, the, the years with which they cruise through their pools. So, But that should be a, a great encounter on early Monday morning. So I'm talk, saying Monday morning, that's Sunday night, 1.45 on uh, Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, in that pool, Reg, as you're saying, probably the game that uh, everyone's hanging out for comes a bit later on, which is, I think, on Sunday, October the 4th, as Argentina takes on Tonga. Mm. I guess that's probably going to be the thing that kind of decides second place there. Yeah, you think um, so. But, uh, but, yeah, otherwise, like you say, it's pretty non-entity stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. Namibia, the fifth team in that pool, so don't expect too much there. In fact, they're playing Tonga at Sandy Park, which I believe is the old uh, an old beach somewhere. They've just chucked up a couple of fences and <laughs> a couple of trees to kick over. Um, pool D is interesting. We had aligned this to Hugh Cavill, but um, he's so uh, uh, discounting of the Irish chances that he didn't even want to talk to it. So the first game there is going to be Ireland versus Canada on, on Saturday night at 11.30pm. So again, you'd expect you know a, a fairly uh, uh, expectant win to the Irish there. I've been hearing some astronomical figures in terms of ticket sales from some of these Irish games. So... Um, particularly at the Millennium Stadiums, big stadium. So this one, I think they play Romania later on. Um, but some huge numbers of ticket sales. So uh, the Irish fans have jumped on uh, the support of their team big time, which is fantastic to see. So Ireland, Canada, you expect Ireland to do that pretty easily. But interestingly, the next game on Sunday uh, Sunday morning at 5am from Twickenham. Yep. Yep. 
is the uh, is the France versus Italy game. So um, that should be a, you know a, a great encounter there. Uh, I can't recall how, how that one shape up in the in the Six Nations. I'm assuming France got up. Yeah, I believe so. Um, my, my Six Nations knowledge this yeah. year isn't that great, but I, I'm pretty sure uh, France won that. I think Italy and Scotland were uh, fighting it out for the wooden spoon. Cellar dwellers here, correct. Um, so, yeah, you'd think this pool's fairly straightforward in that um, Ireland and France will progress. Like, uh, I don't think Italy's been playing particularly well and they'd, they'd need to pull off a big, big upset to sort of sneak through there, but... Uh, anyone's guess out of Ireland and France, I think, and um, winning this pool gets you a pretty good run through. So uh, certainly in with a, a good chance, if you win pool D, of progressing deep into the tournament. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 really interesting, this one. And this is what I mean. I mean, France and Ireland get a bit of a run through, and they if they if whoever wins plays runner-up in pool C, which you'd think is that Argentina. And that's Argentina, yeah. Argentina yep. got a really shot, good shot of going going through. So that's what we've got this first week. Plenty of games. So there you go. They've got eight games in the first week from from uh, early Saturday morning to uh, early Monday morning before we roll over next week. What's the big one, guys? Matt, what's the one thing you're most looking forward to? Is that England-Fiji game? Yeah, it's going to be... I'm actually going to be in Fiji as well. As oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually, I guess it'll be about eight in the morning there um, or, or a little bit later at least. So... Um, it, yeah, it won't be quite so early, I'm hoping. Am I, have I got my time zones right here? Um, yeah, I think so. You're going that way. But anyway, anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be a decent time in the morning to watch that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd just be like, it'd be, be, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt who you're going to be choosing, who you're going to be cheering for in that game. And even if they could, Fijians can just give them a fright, that'd be, that'd be great watching. So, yeah, for me, that's, that's going to be my one to watch. And obviously, it'll be the kickoff of the, of the whole thing, I guess. Mate, that what a wonderful experience! I, I could have, you know, watching that game in Fiji. There's forget about the time you won't need another time. You'll know about it once you're over there. But uh, that'll be a pretty amazing experience to watch a, a Fiji World Cup match, the opening game of the tournament in Fiji. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be great. Um, like I said, it'll be around breakfast time. But uh, there you go. But and then I'll, I'll be there as well for the Aussie game. So um, again, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to to watch there as well. I've not been to Fiji before, so it'll, it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, what, what all that means, but yeah, see, hopefully the hype will be going. And by God, if they put a dent in England, then uh, they'll, <laughs> yeah, they'll be pretty chuffed, I would think. Sensational. Looking to poach some more uh, future Grinning God Rugby podcast hosts, perhaps. Will, what about you? Any match? Yeah. Anything? Any particular match you're looking to looking forward to? In- oh, look, I think uh, as well the England Fiji games is sort of a, an exciting start for the tournament. Like, um, I think uh, everyone wants Fiji to do well here, and. Uh, Potentially, people are, are getting a bit too excited about Fiji's chances um, against against everyone in this pool. But um, look, hopefully, they put in a big performance and, and really give England a scare. Um, but yeah, the other the other game, uh, I think probably that uh, sort of New Zealand Argentina game should be should be a good a good match. Like I think uh, probably the should be the pick of the first week matches. I think um, two two good sides. Uh, um, New Zealand are obviously red hot favourites for the whole tournament, and Argentina play good good rugby in the World Cup, and they'll, they'll scrum well and they'll they'll be hard to beat. So um, that that game should be a re- really good one, I think. What about news of the week? I mean, it's interesting. Some of those old, uh, you know, this is what this is the time where all those old has beens come out and, and have their time again. So Clive Woodward's out, Matt, nice and public. He's not rating the Wallaby performances. 
Yeah, I think there's a quote from him saying something like there are two English front rows that could get in ahead of our front rows. Um, you know, th- that that sort of stuff. He's kind of – it's so funny because I remember at his time he used to always um, sledge Campo as being this irrelevant person who used to come around World Cup times and, and rib the English, and now he's just turned into exactly that. Um, I mean, to be to be fair, we, we need a bit of colour, and it's, you know, at least um, not everybody's talking in um, homogenous sort of sound bites. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit more uh, – more to it than that as well, though. I think a lot of these guys who, you know, people will put a microphone in front realises, you know, they're going to get the airtime and they can influence. And so just at the same time that we're trying to talk about our scrum dominance and, and get those messages out there, I mean, I think he's taking his time to sort of say, hey, it's, it's not, not as quick as that. So, yeah, that, that battle's kind of heating up in the press already. Um, and the other thing is, if anything, is to go, if the comments on the Green and Gold Rugby uh, Daily News this morning. I think we had 90 comments uh, on a Daily News uh, story. Um, I think everybody's starting to get bit by the fever as well. I think everyone's starting to warm up. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, it's it's good to see it. It all kicks off, like we say, on early Saturday morning. So get up early, get your tea and toast ready, and settle in for an absolute cracker. Um, but that's all over there. Obviously, it's over in the uh, in the UK there. There's plenty of rugby still happening in Australia that we still want to deal with. Obviously, it's the, the Bill Corp National Rugby Championship. We just had round four, Will, and as per usual, some, some cracky, cracking rugby. Any impressions on this rounds of rugby? Uh, I watched two of the games, and um, certainly the TV game on Thursday night. Um, Brisbane City were, again, uh, very, very good, weren't they? they um, they've just got... A, and certainly on paper, they've got the easily the best team. But uh, a few of that, those players are really standing up. Like Liam Gill is probably put in four man of the match performances so far. He's just been uh, pretty much unbelievable. And uh, I also thought um, the the ten for um, Brisbane City um, uh, McIntyre had an excellent game as well um, on Thursday night. It was probably the first time I've sort of been impressed by his physicality more than his just sort of his touch like he took the ball to the line quite hard and, and was sort of pretty physical so it was a good game and I quite like watching the Rays play they're sort of a probably a bit better than last year but sort of still, still struggling a bit but they've they've got sort of no names on paper but they they sort of put in a good performance and somehow managed to claw themselves back into every game like the scoreline in this one uh, sort of flattered Brisbane City by um, by blowing out of the end. But uh, look, it was um, they sort of got themselves back in there at a at a point, even though they're a man down and um, and really stuck with it. So it was an entertaining game. Yeah, it was. I think you're right. Brisbane City ran out early, didn't they? They had like a 21 point lead pretty early, and then they you know nailed it at the end and and, and got some quick tries at the back. But in that middle section. Uh, the the Rays looked you know really competitive and they played really well. I thought Josh Holmes was fantastic. Alex, Alex Northam on the wing, who uh, I haven't heard much of, was uh, was lightning and scored a great try. But obviously also looked dangerous else, elsewhere as well. Um, some really good performances. I thought their forward pack um, uh, Ryan Melrose at lock was fantastic as well. But plenty of talent in that Brisbane City side. You, you name them there, Liam Gill and the likes. But some good young guys as well, Ben Hines and and, and whatnot. Uh, New South Wales country, uh, they had a good win over the City Stars, who lost their first game of the season now. Uh, Will, you saw that game? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm a bit of a New South Wales country Eagles fan, being uh, sort of somewhat loosely associated with eastern suburbs, and uh, they, they put in a good, pretty good performance. It sort of was quite close at the end, and I think the, 
the Eagles probably allowed them to be a bit closer than they should have. But uh, look, the uh, the star of this game was with was undoubtedly uh, John O'Lands, who who really just controlled things very well. He scored two tries of his own, including an excellent sort of individual effort, kicked for goal well again, and that proved to be the difference. It was ended up five tries apiece. Uh, but yeah, and the um, a couple of the back rowers for the Eagles were very good. I think uh, Mark Baldwin, the open side flanker, and uh, Sam Fig, the number eight, had had a strong game. So, um, and uh, Dave Horwitz at twelve for the Eagles was also also good. Um, the stars really sort of, I guess they've lost so many players through injury and and whether some of their Super Rugby players are being rested or something, but they were. They had a bit of a second string side on the park, but did uh, did very well in the end. Um, again, they had some some good performances from people like Harry Jones. Got a scored a couple of tries, even though one of them I think he uh, he stepped out by about half a meter, but uh, <laughs> it was awarded. Um, but yeah, definitely a very entertaining game. It sort of see sort of every time the Eagles sort of pushed ahead, the the Stars scored another try and got back into it, and um, they've been a very impressive side this year, and they're. Well, that was their first loss of the year for the the stars. So uh, from coming last last year, they're uh, sort of pushing their pushing their claims this year. If they can get some of the players like Dave Dennis and Pat McCutcheon and stuff back, uh, getting into the later rounds, they could get a final spot. Yeah, indeed, their depth will be tested, but it'll be interesting to whether those guys come back. Next game, Queensland Country had their first win of the season over the Greater Sydney Rams, who were also yet to win a game at that stage. Yeah, tough game to watch this one. You know, 37-31, which ironically was the exact same score in that uh, New South Wales country game too over Sydney Stars. Look, the, the standout here, and you talked Jake McIntyre before, Will, standout here was Sam Green, the country fly half. Country have lost four of their big names, most uh, uh, experienced and most... Oh, sorry, not experienced, but most potent attackers in JJ Tuolungi, uh, Chris Fawaya Sortia... Isaiah Perezzi, the the teenage wing sensation from this year, and Ant Fainga. So they've lost some big names in the backs, and effectively it was all down to Sam Green. I thought we were lucky to get away with that win, um, but Sam Green was just sensational. Much like John O'Lance, scored two tries, scored uh, kicked four goals, um, and really made a big difference. But I guess the other big name on the score sheet there is the Tongan Thor, Taniela Tupo, came on uh, in the last quarter and scored the match-winning try for Queensland Country. A nice uh, hard run, as you've seen the YouTube clips straight through the middle of the uh, the Rams defensive line. Uh, Rams played well though, uh, some you know really good performances. Uh, Jed Holloway there, their number eight and skipper was back first game of the season, and and gosh, he it was like he hadn't been away. He was fantastic, um, and, and straight back into it. Um, their open side flanker um, in uh, Cohen Masson was excellent as well. Uh, Brad Curtis outside with Paul Asquith, the wingers, you know, really good solid team. You know, the depth isn't there, so it'll be interesting to see how they go from there. But um, as a Queenslander, thrilled to see the uh, the country boys get a win there. And then over in Perth, the Perth Spirits uh, looked like they might have got up against the Vikings, but the Vikings were too strong in the end, winning 26-23 in a close one. Uh, Luke Burden needed a kick at literally on full time to uh, to draw it up, but missed. Um, Look, the big one there is uh, Itavia, the number eight from the Brumbies, who has been in outstanding form as much as Gill has been so far this year. So has Itavia. Uh, he was unstoppable 
in this game and continues on a, a, a you know a fantastic comeback story. Obviously missed a couple of years of Super Rugby through uh, through illness, uh, came back last year. We didn't see too much of him, but he made that Wallaby training on train on squad. Uh, and has just taken off in the NRC. So it'll be fantastic to see how he continues for the rest of the year and indeed how he goes with the Brumbies next year in Super Rugby. So Brisbane City sit on top of the ladder with 19 points. Canberra Vikings are second on 14. City Stars are 14 and Melbourne Rising are eight. That's the top four with the Eagles on eight points equal to Melbourne Rising. This weekend, just quickly, the game's on. On Thursday night, the TV game will be the Canberra Vikings versus the Sydney Stars down in Canberra there. Uh, so uh, you can watch that on Fox Sports. Then the streamed games will be uh, the Melbourne Rising taking on the Greater Sydney Rams in uh, Latrobe City Stadium at Morwell. That's on 2pm on Saturday. Also on Saturday, Queensland Country are up in Rockhampton hosting the Perth Spirit, uh, which will be great. Some true country rugby there on Saturday at 6pm. Uh, and then Sunday afternoon at Ballymore, back to Ballymore, Sunday afternoon rugby at Ballymore, the Queen uh, Brisbane City are taking on New South Wales country. So two good winners of last weekend are facing off at Ballymore at 3.30, which should be a cracking game. Um, so that, you know, with you, Will, that country team's a really good team, so I expect this to be a, a good encounter. The other thing there is that uh, the Queensland Rugby Union have organised uh, a world record attempt of the world's largest scrum. I think Fox Sports stole their thunder about a month or so ago and and did this first and uh, after the Reds had announced it earlier this season. So this is the Reds' chance for redemption and be a part of a world record. So any Reds fans in southeast Queensland, get along to Ballymore on Sunday afternoon. And uh, I think Gian Rooney's going to be there. Ray Maher, Alf from Neighbours, who's uh, actually played fly half for the Reds back in the day, uh, will be there as well. So that should be a uh, a good afternoon of, of a Sunday Arvo rugby at Ballymore. Oh, you guys would do anything to beat New South Wales. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. That's exactly the spur on moment, mate. One thousand, <laughs> I think it's one thousand and one hundred and twenty-two. We need to beat you guys. So, any opportunity? Oh, just use, use the hate, mate. Use the hate. And you know what it is, mate. As long as we beat you in the world record scrum competition, the Super Rugby just pales into insignificance. <laughs> exactly. It's the final say of the season. <laughs> So NRC Rugby is out there for all that want to get along to a game this weekend, but the Rugby World Cup is the uh, is the topic on everyone's minds at the moment, and that kicks off on uh, Saturday morning. Uh, Matt, Will, that should pretty much wrap us up, nice and short and sweet, because we're going to try and keep these going pretty regularly. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. as as we uh, get stuck in and things start to play out, it'll be good to keep up with it. It'll be it'll be a great way to keep focused. I think it's so easy just to kind of let the World Cup go by. So it'll be good to kind of keep up with it each week and see what's happening. I guess this time next week we'll be, uh, we'll, we should have a uh, team announced and uh, be uh, counting down the hours till uh, till they play on, um, what is it, uh, early Thursday morning. Thursday or late morning, th- exactly Late right. Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, so that'll be very exciting. So I guess we'll, we'll get to see Checker's great plans unveiled and see who's in his... Uh, He's our number one side, and uh, get ready to cheer them on. Everything's built to this, and we can't wait. Matt and Will, thanks for your time. To our listeners, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, guys. Right there, right there, right there.